and you ought to be worshiping on your own behalf even now. There's a word from, from the Lord today. Go to Psalm 141. For all the things you've done for me And all can work shall be you for me. Here's my worship. Psalm 141. All of my worship. Receive my worship. All of my worship. My worship. All of my worship, receive my worship, all of my worship. Psalm 141, beginning at verse 1. For the sake of today's scripture, we're going to be reading from the New International Version. Psalm 141, beginning at verse 1, reads this way. I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil so that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat of their delicacies. It says, let a righteous man strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. My head will not refuse it for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask that you make it real and relevant in our lives. 
And we ask that your spirit saturate us so that we would not only be hearers of your word, but doers also. My soul and solemn prayer today is that we would all leave better than we were when we came. God, we thank you even now for these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And it's in that name we say amen. Amen. We're going to speak for just a few moments from the thought. No wasted words. No wasted words. We are still in our series, uh, The Power of the Tongue. And... Uh, title of today's text is no wasted words here's the unfortunate reality y'all is that american people people in general but especially american people are some of the most wasteful people on the planet i mean we waste everything and i say we not you i say we 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 waste everything we waste everything from from food to time and opportunities and up until they raise those prices even gas we, we waste a little bit of everything we're some of the most wasteful people on the planet but the truth of the matter is uh, many people don't have the privilege or the opportunities to be wasteful the truth of the matter is, wastefulness is actually a result of excess and surplus. Wastefulness is actually a result of taking things, people, situations, and opportunities for granted. The assumption that you can just get more provides a space for wastefulness. privilege that I can just do it again. I can just I can just try it again. If this one don't work, I can just do something else. Provide space for wastefulness. But the truth of the matter is many of us have missed opportunities that we'll never have again because we wasted them. And the question that we must ask ourselves is why in the world would God grant us with more when we've been so wasteful with what he's already provided? I know some people personally, y'all, that waste relationships. I know some people personally that go into a marriage and have gone into a marriage with the idea of divorce at the forefront of their minds. Going into a marriage with an escape plan and an exit route just in case things don't go the way I want them to go wastefulness and then you wonder why it seems like your relationship can't seem to get over the hump and the question that we have to ask ourselves is why would we expect for the provider of all provision to give us anything else when we've not done well with what he's already given as what's, what's all this about I, I need you to understand and if you just so happen to have been led by the spirit to make a list of all the things in your life that you're currently taking for granted, I didn't tell you to do it. But if the spirit led you, go for it. If you 
decided in this moment to just make a list of all the things in your life that you take for granted, if you decided to just consider all the things in your life that you feel like, oh, it's all right. If I lose that, I can just get another one. All the opportunities that you squandered, all the people that you've overlooked. If you just so happen uh, to make that list, uh, I would suggest and implore you to add to that list wasted words. Wasted words. I believe words are oftentimes low on the priority list, but very high on the effective list. My wife and I are dealing with some things right now with the babies where we're practicing not wasting our words. Where if we say this is going to be your punishment for this action, that we carry that thing out. But also on the flip side, that if we say this is going to be a reward, that we carry that out as well. Because we don't want to waste words. Because the last thing that we want is for our children to look at us and not believe what it is that we say. I believe that words are oftentimes very low on the priority list, but very high on the effective list. For the last few weeks, we've quoted scripture that says things to the effect of the power of life and death is in fact in the tongue. So if that be the case, why are we so loose and liberal with our words? But here in this text, we see an example from who I would consider to be the ultimate worshiper, uh, David. David in this text writes some very interesting words. David says in Psalm 141, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. He says, hear me when I call to you. He says, may my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, which keeps watch over the doorway of my lips. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil. So that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat of their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me. That's kindness. Let him rebuke me. That's oil on my head. My head will not refuse it. Get this, for my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. I don't know if y'all see it. I don't know if y'all see it, but right here in the text, I see David give us some instructions, and David is instructing us not to waste our words. I don't know if you see it, because it's it's not literal. David doesn't literally say, hey, y'all, don't 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 waste your words. But if you if you would just really take an X-ray examination of the text, you'll see that David is giving us some instructions and some examples informing us how important it is not to waste our words. Let me give you this heads up before we dig deep into this thing. I need you to take some notes and I need you to be ready with those notes on Wednesday because we're going to dig deeper into this because there's so much in here that I need to give you that I don't have time to give you today. So I need you to make sure you get what you can so that we can, can go back on Wednesday. All right. Now, first thing in the text, David says, don't waste your words, no wasted words. So now, David, how is it that we ensure that we don't waste our words? 
Because, David, it's one thing for you to tell me not to waste my words. David, you didn't tell me how not to waste my words. David, you didn't tell me how to be more effective and more efficient with the things that I say. David says, yeah, yeah, I did. David says, the first thing, the first step in not wasting your words, get this, write this down, is to prioritize prayer. The first step in not wasting your words is to prioritize prayer. We great dig deep in this thing, y'all. We great go for a ride. Please share. If you haven't, please share because somebody needs to hear this. The first step in not wasting your words is you need to prioritize prayer. Look at verses one and two. David says, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. Verse two, may my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Watch this. You got to prioritize prayer. See, here's what happens. Uh, Oftentimes we waste words because of misplaced priorities. You know, we spend a lot of time, effort, and energy on things that don't really matter and or things that aren't really effective. Uh, Most of our wasted words are due to misplaced priority. But David doesn't send his words, at least in this text, uh, David doesn't send his words to pointless places and people. David is very selective on where his words are directed. Okay. David says, I call to you, Lord. Come quickly to me. Hear me when I call you. He says, may my prayer be set before you like incense. You got to understand that what we're seeing right now in verses one and verse two is that David is prioritizing prayer. He's prioritizing talking to God above any and everything else. David is making his conversation with God his top priority. Okay. Uh, uh, and so, and so many of us need to take a page out of David's book because we prioritize talking to other people over prioritizing talking to God. Let me let you in on a little secret. Let me let you in on a little secret. Some of you, I I already told you this, but some of y'all, this is going to be your first time hearing it. Let me let you in on a little secret. As much as I appreciate the fact that you're tuned in today, as much as I love the fact that I'm your pastor, listen, y'all, I don't want you to prioritize talking to me over talking to God. So many of y'all have experienced Pastor J 101. When I call Pastor J and I tell Pastor J about my problems, the first thing Pastor J is going to ask me, did, did you did you pray about that? What what did God tell you? What what did he say? What did he say? Uh, what what who 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 else have you already have you already spoken to? Have you prioritized prayer even over talking to your pastor even if you visit and i'm not your pastor i'm still going to ask you the same question have you prioritized prayer over over talking to your pastor have you prioritized prayer over talking to other people david says uh, lord i call to you 
I, I call to you and, and I want you to come quickly to me. See, here's what you got to understand. Prayer is simply a means of communication and communication strengthens any relationship. And so David says, I got to go to God because I got to strengthen my relationship. Why? Because I want him to come quickly when I call. How can I ensure that God comes quickly when I call? I got to develop the relationship before I call him. Come on, y'all. I, I need y'all. I need y'all to get with me. See, here's the problem. Here's what many of us miss as it pertains to relationships. We think that because we're in relationship with someone that they should do something just because we ask. Many of us think that because we're in relationship with someone that because you provide a service that you ought to provide it for free because we got some type of relationship. But what you have to understand is that relationships aren't always all about getting something for nothing sometimes the, the 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 significance of a relationship is that you take priority even if you gotta pay all right let me help you see something real quick let me help you see something real quick everybody uh, that's attached to abundant faith understands that we live by the faith works model and we got all kind of apparel all across the city that says faith works on it and j truth designs who is the designer of the faith works design he prints all the faith works apparel let me tell you what a relationships look like with j truth designs what what this relationship looks like is uh I, even though uh, we've been in relationship for a long time uh i have not and will not ever ask him to do something for free but because we've developed relationship hear me because we've developed relationship even though we pay for services oftentimes our service takes priority over other orders I, I, I need you to understand where I'm going with this. See, if you cultivate relationships correctly, then you'll take priority over other people. So even when there may be a cost associated, then you still take priority. Watch this. So what is the cost of prayer? What, what's the cost? What's the cost? What's the cost of prayer? Here's the irony. Here's the irony. Uh, as expensive as prayer is, it costs you nothing. As, as expensive, as valuable as it may be, it costs you nothing. Because the price for prayer was uh, paid on Calvary. So David says, even though, <laughs> even though the death, burial, and resurrection has yet to take place, David says, I prioritize my prayer life with God above everything else and now I have the expectation that God will respond quickly to me why because we have relationship so yes he is the God of everything yes he is the God of everyone yes he hears all and yes he answers all but his children take priority okay all right so David says David says Lord I call to you because there's there's nobody else worth calling to. Because even if somebody else could help me, the ability that they have to help me comes from you. So David says, I'll skip the middleman and I'll go straight to you and get exactly what it is that I need. David says, Lord, I come to you. 
And because we've got a relationship, because we done been through some stuff together, because I done called to you in good times and in bad times, because I've seen you keep me in unfortunate circumstances, because I've praised you even when it made me look crazy. I danced out of my clothes for you. We done been through some stuff together. So we've got a rapport. We've got some relationships. So my expectation now is that you will respond to me accordingly. So David says, I'm prioritizing my relationship with you. I'm prioritizing my communication with you above everyone and everything else. He says, I need you to respond to me. I don't got time to waste words telling somebody about my problems that can't do nothing about it anyway. I don't have no words to waste. I don't have time. I'm, I'm, I'm under persecution and I'm under ridicule. I'm in the enemy camp. Get this, David, when David writes this, here's the irony of this text. When David writes this psalm, when he writes this poem, David is taking, trying to find refuge in enemy camp because home is against him. Do, do, you, do you realize what it means? Do you realize what, what that... What, David's mental state do you realize his emotional state when home is so bad that I gotta find refuge in the enemy's camp but David says even so Lord I come to you he says he says may my prayer be set before you like incense See, here's what you got to understand, y'all. Y'all got to understand. We're going to dig into this Wednesday, so I'm not going I'm not going deep into this, but you really got to understand what incense means in this text. You got to remember this is Old Testament, y'all, so they got to go and make sacrifice at least twice a day, and a part of that sacrificial process is they got to light some incense. So David says, let my prayer be like incense. Let my prayer be the sacrifice because David's not at home. David found himself in Philistine camp. They don't serve the same God. They don't worship the same way. There is no temple. So David says, get this, even when I can't get to church, I'm still going to have church where I am, even though I can't get there to give my sacrifice and my offering. God, I'll give it to you right where I am, even in the middle of enemy camp. So David says, let my prayer be set before you like incense. Watch this. You got to understand why does God require incense to be a part of the sacrificial offering of the Old Testament? You got to understand that when incense is lit, that there is a fragrance that comes from the incense. There's a fragrance, but there's not only a fragrance. I know I know some of y'all burn incense at y'all house. I know y'all do because every time I hug you, I can smell it on you. Incense got a very distinct smell. I know. I can tell when you burn incense in your house. I can tell. Uh, I, I got an auntie and uncle that, that they, every time we go to their house, we smell like incense when we leave. Listen, I, I know. I know. But watch this. When incense is lit, y'all, when incense is lit, there is there's, there's smoke that comes from the incense and there's fragrance that comes from the incense. But if you ever watch incense burn what you'll see from the smoke is that the smoke rises yeah the, and, and 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 what you what you see from the incense is that the fragrance rises my aunt and uncle anytime they light the incense not only do they light it and not only do they got the incense holder but they take it through the house and they they wave it around the house because because they want that fragrance to rise through the house y'all and so incense when it's lit it, the, the the fragrance rises and the smoke rises and david says i want my prayer to rise to you just like the incense does i i, I want my 
prayer to start low and to rise as high to that. See, here's the problem. Here's the, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. Watch this. David says, David says, I want, I want the fragrance to rise. I want the smoke to rise. Here's the problem, y'all. The only way you can get the fragrance to rise, the only way you can get the smoke to rise, the only way the, 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 the incense becomes active is it's got to be lit on fire. Yeah, the only way the incense is active is it has to be lit on fire. They come into the barber shop and the beauty shop and they ask you if you want to buy some incense. And the only way you know what it smells like is you got to put it up to your nose. But when you really activate the incense, you don't got to get close to it. When it's lit on fire, you can walk into a room and know that it's there. Watch this. When incense has been lit on fire, even when it's done burning, the fragrance still remains. I want to know, is there any anybody connected to abundant faith that your prayer is so fervent that even after you say amen there's evidence that a prayer has taken place because I've been lit on fire David says I want my prayer to be like incense set before you you got to understand that in order for incense to be activated it must in fact be lit on fire I came to tell somebody this just might be why you keep finding yourself in heated situations this just might be why you keep finding yourself in heated conversations. This just might be why you keep finding yourself in heated circumstances. It's because God is trying to light you on fire to activate your prayer so that your prayer resembles the incense that meant sacrifice. Okay, all right, listen. Listen, uh, uh, I, 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 I didn't want to say it, but I got to say it. Uh, maybe 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 just maybe uh the reason why you keep praying the same prayer over and over again is because your prayer ain't making it no further than the ceiling david says i want my prayer to make it to heaven maybe the reason why you keep praying the same prayer is because your prayer ain't making it no further than the ceiling pastor what you talking about see you keep praying to god asking him to get you out of the fire and god says i've got you in the fire for a reason I want you to talk to me while you're in the fire the reason why your prayer can't go no higher is because it's not been activated by the fire I'm wondering if there's anybody that says I've been walking with God long enough to know that when he doesn't take me out of the fire that's because he's going to stand in it with me I don't got time to waste no words on somebody who can't do nothing about my situation I don't got time to waste words for somebody who can't do nothing who can't go through some stuff with me lord i call to you and it's you that i talk to because you're the only one that can do anything about everything i need somebody that understands the power of not wasting your words with insignificant people and the power that comes along with prayer the first step to not wasting your words y'all is prioritizing prioritizing prayer the second step to not wasting your words, write this down, is to practice precaution. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta practice precaution. Practice, practice, watch this, practice. Uh, look at verses three and four, three and four. It says, uh, three and four. Uh, uh, he says, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Verse four, do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil 
so that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Watch that. Uh, uh, practice, practice precaution. Um, Y'all ever been watching a movie uh, or a TV series, Netflix series, Hulu? You ever been watching a movie and uh, and you get mad at the character in the movie or the show as if it's real life? Um, and, and, and the reason why you get mad is because instead of them doing what needs to be done, they doing a whole lot of talking. Yeah, you, ever, you ain't never, okay. Maybe y'all don't watch the same stuff I watch. Maybe y'all don't, don't watch. Me and my wife were just watching a movie uh, just the other day. I don't even remember. It was a movie or a show or something. Uh, and, and it was, uh, no, no, that's what it was. We, we wasn't watching. She was watching. She was watching Lifetime. Uh, <laughs> I'll pass, but she was watching Lifetime. And I came in on the end, uh, and there was a man in the house, uh, and he's a great killer woman. And there's a little girl, and, and she's just doing all this talking. She's doing all this talking. The woman is trying to convince the man that she's home alone to protect the girl. And the girl just upstairs, just making all kind of noise, just doing, just doing all, just, just talking, just, just talking. Now, now to me, if you've seen one Lifetime movie, you've seen them all. Okay. Now that's, that's my opinion. I know some of y'all, y'all, y'all live and die by Lifetime. But to me, uh, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Uh, but, but my wife, bless her heart. She's yelling at the top of her lungs at the TV. Girl, if you don't shut up. She talked too much. So then the man finds the girl. He puts the girl in the back seat. He takes the girl hostage. The girl just happened to have her cell phone on her. Now, this ain't no SUV. This ain't no pickup truck with the girl in the bed or the pickup truck. They in a sedan. The girl picks up her cell phone and calls her mother and starts talking. She, she just starts talking as if the kidnapper can't hear her talking. We, we, she ain't in the third row of the SUV. We, we talking a sedan like we, we I can reach back and touch you. I can I can reach back and touch you. Uh, and, and again, my wife. She mad. She done threw a pillow off the bed. She just will not be quiet. Taking y'all don't say nothing. You call and you just sit there and don't say nothing. Uh, babe, they they not. But but the bottom line is the bottom line is the reason why I'm telling you that it ain't about lifetime. Uh, what I'm trying to get you to understand is is that we need to take a little bit more precaution with our words. Because talking too much can get you in trouble. See, see, see in certain, certain circumstances, talking can get you into some stuff. It, it, it can get you access to some stuff. But if you talk too much, you, you can talk yourself right on out of it. You just, you just messed it up because you don't know when to be quiet. You just you got, you got to learn. You got to learn to take precaution. You got to practice precaution. Watch this. Uh, here's a tweetable for you. Watch this. Uh, everything that can be said shouldn't be said. Y'all taking notes. Somebody need to write that in all caps. Everything that can be said shouldn't be said. 
everything you think you should not say. Okay. Because here's the problem. David says, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. He says, don't let my heart be drawn to what is evil, that I might uh, take part in the wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. Watch this. David says, the reason why you got to take precaution, the reason why you got to practice precaution is because if you don't learn when to be quiet, the same mouth that you P-R-A-Y with like incense can be the same mouth that you P-R-E-Y with with insensitivity. Rewind it back one more time. The same mouth that you P-R-A-Y with, like incense, should not be the same mouth that you P-R-E-Y with, with insensitivity. See, David says, David says, as long as my words are directed in the right place, I, I can make good out of a bad situation. But if I don't learn when to be quiet, I can mess myself up and end up doing what everybody else is doing. So David says, David says, uh, he says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. And he says, keep watch over the door of my lips. I love this, y'all. Watch this. David says, uh, David says, this is why your mouth needs a door. Because the same mouth that can speak good in one moment is the same mouth that can speak evil in the next moment. Well, here's the problem with that. The Bible says that what you speak out of your mouth is a reflection of your heart. So if in your mouth you're speaking both good and evil, you are what Jesus refers to as lukewarm. And Jesus says, I can't do nothing with lukewarm. Jesus says, lukewarm makes me vomit. If it's cold, it's refreshing. If it's hot, it's cleansing. I can't do nothing with lukewarm. So you got to be careful that you don't speak good with the same mouth that you do evil with because what's said out of your mouth is a reflection of your heart. And if you're doing both, you make God sick. David says, I need, I need a guard. Oh, I need a guard. I need a guard to watch over the door of my lips. Uh, David, why you need a door and a guard? David, if you got a doorway and you got a guard, that's good enough because the guard can make sure nobody gets in and nobody gets out. And if you got a, a door with no guard, you can always lock the door and unlock the door. So, David, why do you need a guard and a door? And, 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 and David says, David says, no, I, I need both of them. David says, I need I need both a guard and a door. He says, because because I need the guard to make sure the door of my mouth don't get creaky. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I, I need the guard. I need the guard to make sure the door of my mouth don't get creaky. Pastor, what you mean? You don't want your door to get creaky. I'm talking about creaky with complaints. 
I'm talking about creaky with conflict, confusion, and controversy. I'm talking about, I'm talking about your, 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 your door, the door to your lips can get creaky sometimes. But, but let me tell you, let me tell you real quick. Here's what blessed me. Here's what blessed me. The Holy Spirit revealed this to me. Uh, I said, I say, so, uh, Holy Ghost, uh, I get it, but what should we do about the creaky door? Because the problem with the creaky door is that the door makes too much noise. So what should we do about the creaky door? Holy Spirit held up a mirror to my face, y'all. Holy Spirit says, hey, you know how uh, you, you, you started your little regimen. You get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and you get to the gym by 5 o'clock in the morning. You remember you started your little thing, your little thing. You remember you started? I said, yeah. I said, yeah, I remember. I remember. I'm, st I'm still going. Six days a week. We going. We in that thing. We going. He said, uh, well, you remember uh, the complaints that your wife had about uh, when, you, when, when you go to the gym early in the morning? I said, yeah. She said, when, I, when my alarm goes off at 4 and I get up, it wakes her up even though she don't got to be up till six so she don't like when i do that so sometimes you know you know out of courteous you know just being courteous i'll go and sleep in the other room so i don't wake her up you know when i leave he said yeah holy spirit said yeah but but do you remember uh what she said to you when you told her you was going to sleep in the other room i said what you mean he said think about what she said to you uh, i said what she say he said do you remember when she said well the alarm and you getting up is not really the problem she said, the problem is when you leave, the door makes too much noise. So she says, even if you go and sleep in the other room and the alarm doesn't wake me up, when you leave, the garage door make, makes too much noise. And so I, I, I started thinking about it. I started thinking about it out of the text and I started thinking about it out of practicality because I need to know what can I do to make this door not make so much noise? So just the other day, y'all, just the other day, I was looking up some things to do uh, to make sure that the door don't make too much noise. And y'all, the door from that leads from my house to my garage so that I can get to my car. Uh, the problem with the door, y'all, and I got to take care of this today. The problem with the door, the reason why it makes so much noise, y'all, is because the hinges that keep the door on ain't got enough oil. Uh, Y'all going to have to wake up here in just a second. Uh, uh, the reason why the door is making so much noise uh, is because it needs some added, it needs some added oil uh, because, because doors were not designed to make noise. Uh, doors were not designed to say something. Doors were designed to do something. And so in order for me to make the door not make so much noise, I got to add some oil to the. OK, OK, let me stop talking about the door in order for me to do some things in my own life. I got to start stop talking about what I'm doing and get some oil that allows me to do what I'm doing. OK, all right. So so you in, in your life, the reason why you can't get stuff done is because instead of doing, all you're doing is making noise. But the reason why you can't seem to do and the only thing you can seem to do is say is because you need some oil in your. OK, all right. did y'all not forget that oil represents the anointing? You, you got to understand that when you anointed, you don't got to walk into a room and announce how anointed you are. All you got to do is do you when you walk and when you're 
anointed when you got an oil over your life you don't have to explain to somebody why you qualify all you got to do is walk in and do you what you need to be doing is practicing precaution because the problem is your mouth can get you out of some situations that your oil was trying to get you into and if you learn how to be quiet you might find yourself in some better circumstances but david says don't incline my heart to evil don't let them don't let me don't let me eat of their delicacies uh, he says he says don't let me don't let me eat of their delicacies. I said, okay, all right, hold on, pause, time out, Holy Ghost, I was with you, David, I was riding with you. We, we was all cool in the gang. We, we, was, we was on one accord. We was ready to ride because you was talking about the power of your words. You was talking about the, the power of prayer. I'm all in, and now here you go talking about what they eat. David, David, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm with you, David. I'm with you. But I need us to stay focused on the text, David. I need us to stay focused. David says, no, you missing it, Pastor Jay. He says, the problem is, the problem is if we only talk about prayer and we only talk about being uh, uh, taking precaution and practicing precaution with our words, we miss something major. David says, it's not only important that you're conscious of the words that come out of your mouth, but you have to be aware of what goes in your mouth okay all right i really ought to be done by now y'all making me work way too hard i ought to be done by now uh david says you also gotta be careful of what goes in your mouth david says don't let me eat of their delicacies so what david says is what david says is he says uh he says, Lord, not only help me to be aware of what's coming out of my mouth, but also help me to be aware of what's going in. See, the reason why you can't seem to control what comes out of your mouth is because you've not been considerate of what's going in. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, everybody ain't misunderstanding you. You just might be rude. I got to make sure this thing is on. Uh. Uh, if, if everybody around you is saying the same thing, it very well might be possible that you're the problem. Yeah, it, it, it's very possible that the reason why you can't seem to control what comes out of your mouth while you sitting in places and you always talking about, oops, did I say that out loud? You know you said it out loud and you planned to say it out loud. See, the reason why you can't control what comes out of your mouth is because you're not being conscious of what goes in your mouth. David says, help me to be aware because watch this, watch this. David says, you got to be careful at whose table you sit at. David says, don't, don't let me eat of their delicacies. David says, you got to be careful about whose table you sit at. Because David says, if you sit at the wrong table, you'll run the risk of becoming a part of the party. Uh, Y'all, when we, when we, I got to get through this thing. When me and my wife first met, my favorite place to go eat was the Cheesecake Factory. I love the Cheesecake Factory. My only problem with the Cheesecake Factory is that when you go to the Cheesecake Factory, you have to specify that you want a booth. Because if you don't specify that you want a booth, they'll sit you at a table and your table will connect with other parties. The problem with my table connecting with other parties is that the topics of my conversation are not always the topics of their conversation. And there's sometimes where I was hearing some things that I didn't 
desire to hear. And, and David is saying, what you want to avoid is sitting cheesecake factory style. David says, because if you're not careful, you'll be sitting at the table with some people for so long that you'll become a part of the party. And the people surrounding the table won't be able to differentiate between you and the rest of the party. So David says, the reason why I don't want to eat with y'all, the reason why I have to distance myself from y'all is because not only do I have to watch what comes out of my mouth, but I have to watch what goes in. And if I hang around y'all long enough, then I'll start saying the same stuff y'all saying. If I hang around y'all long enough, I'll start doing the same stuff y'all doing. So now I got to be careful at whose table I sit at because what becomes a delicacy to you might then in turn become a delicacy to me. And that might be, that might not, not, that might not be the type of example that God wants for me to carry out. So you got to be careful and practice precaution because you'll end up getting caught up at somebody's table and end up joining their party. Okay, we got to go. It's too long. Okay, we got to go. First thing, prioritize prayer. No wasted words. Next thing, you got to practice precaution. Don't waste your words. You don't got words to waste. Last thing, we going home, y'all. You got to preserve your principles. You got to preserve your principles. You know, uh, if it's, if it's, if it's, there, there are not very many things from a social standpoint uh, that irritate me more than somebody who's different depending on who they're around. Can't stand it. I, 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 I don't, because I, I want to know when, when did you start talking like that? That's, I, I want to know when, when did that start? I want to know. I, I want to know when did this become important to you? Because we talk all the time and I ain't never, I ain't never heard you say nothing, nothing about that. So I want to know when, when. See, the problem is some people, some people are willing to compromise their principles for the sake of acceptance. But David says, David says, when you're willing to compromise your principles for the sake of, of acceptance, you end up wasting a whole lot of words. You end up talking about a whole lot of stuff that you don't care about. You end up saying a whole lot of stuff that you don't mean. You end up getting yourself in stuff that you can't get yourself out of. David says, you have to stand on your principle. You got to preserve your principle. Look at verse five. Y'all, we're going to look at verse five uh, and then we're going we gonna to get up out of here. Uh, verse five. Uh, David says, uh, let a righteous man strike me. That is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. That is oil on my head. There we go with that oil again. He says, my head will not refuse it. Get this, for my prayer will still be against the deeds of, of evildoers. My prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers. Let's, let's take this ride. Let's get on out of here. David not only despises the delicacies of evil, y'all, but he encourages the correction of the righteous. So David says, if I'm doing wrong, this is still his prayer to God. David says, if I'm doing wrong, let somebody who's righteous, let somebody who's godly correct me. If, if I'm not, if I'm not handling myself correctly, I need some accountability partners. If I'm not handling myself correctly, I don't want to surround myself with a bunch of yes men. I need some righteous people who will tell me that I'm veering off the path. I need some godly people who will help me get this thing back on track. David says, I'm not tripping if, if another Christian criticizes me. I'm not tripping off of that. He says, that's kindness because what kind of friend would just let me walk down a dark alley filled with danger? What kind of friend does? 
does that? David says, I'm not tripping if another believer holds me accountable. He said, that's kindness. He said, if they rebuke me and tell me that I'm wrong, he said, that's oil on my head. That shows the anointing. David, how does that show the anointing? Because it could be that the people around you see so much in you that they're not going to allow you to sink down to the level of your enemy. So there has to be some people around you that will rebuke you because of the anointing that's on your life. I know that you've been taught that rebuke and anointing can't coexist, but the reality is even the anointed can fall short. So you need some people who can tell you that you're getting off track and that you're veering away from what you've been anointed to do. So David says the rebuke of the righteous is like an anointing on my head. He says my head will not refuse it. I'll take it. I'll take all that comes along with it because to whom much is given, much is required. I'll take all that comes along with it. God, I know that you've anointed me king and it's been some time and I've still not been appointed king but God even still I know that there is an anointing on my life so David says I want some people around me who are not afraid to tell me when I'm wrong but watch this y'all watch this David says even if they gotta correct me even if they gotta rebuke me watch what David says he says my prayer will still be against the deeds of evildoers no wasted words y'all watch this watch this david says it's like oil on my head you got to remember y'all that oil at this time of the text was not only used for the sake of anointing but oil was also used for healing yeah you got to understand that it was also used for healing what is healing healing is simply the correction of that which was broken if you break your leg you got to put it in a cast so it can heal Okay. If your heart has been broken, you need some time for you to heal. So, so David says, it's like oil to my head, but you got to understand that this oil is not only about anointing. This oil is also about healing. So there are times where you will find yourself at a place in your life where things around you seem broken. Your emotional state is broken. Your spiritual state is broken. Your physical state is broken. Your social status is broken. There's some times in your life where some things in your life will be broken. But David said, even in my broken there is an oil that will heal my brokenness watch this so David says even though I'm even though home is so bad that I had to hide in enemy territory to try to find some sort of peace that's brokenness David says even though my situation is broken even though I'm surrounded by the enemy I am literally surrounded by a group of people who don't believe in the God that I believe in I'm literally surrounded by a group of people who don't stand on the same principles that I stand on I've literally found myself at a job where don't nobody say they grace in the lunchroom. I've literally found myself at a family function where it ain't nothing but weed and alcohol and ain't nobody said a prayer yet. I, I, I've literally found myself in these places but David says my prayer will still be uh, against the deeds of the evildoers. Watch this. We're going to go home. David says my prayer will still be but I need you to understand that if the Bible says it once it'll say it twice the Bible ain't going ain't going to change on its principles the word of God is the same yesterday today and forevermore because watch this uh, 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 the question was asked David you're in enemy camp and you said you still gonna pray against evildoers what if they hear you praying against them David says I ain't got nothing to do with that my prayer will still be 
against those that are evildoers. Watch this. Okay, so what does that mean? What does that mean? Even when I'm surrounded by the enemy, I'll stand on God's word. Okay, so what about when your faith is in question? Well, Peter says to always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. Okay, Peter, I get you. But what about when the government and the sociological construct is trying to confuse what's legal with what's right? Uh, uh, what happens when they tell you that because it's legal, that is right? Uh, come here, Paul. Paul says, in 1 Corinthians 15, be steadfast, immovable, always about, okay, all right, y'all don't like that, what about when the enemy tries to influence you to do wrong, when you at your weakest point, and it seems like you don't have nothing left to give, and the enemy tries to influence you to do wrong, come here, Jesus, Jesus talked to us real quick, Jesus looked the enemy right dead in his eye, and said, man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen, you got to look the enemy dead in the face and say I don't have no words to waste. You got to look at your circumstances right in the eye and say I don't have no words to waste. I don't have time to be going back and forth with an enemy that ain't got no power in my life. I don't have time to be entertaining some people who ain't got no anointing on their life. I don't have no words to waste. Why? Because there's power in my tongue. And if the power of life and death is in my tongue I gotta be careful what I say not just for your sake but for mine too I don't got no words to waste you gotta be careful you gotta be careful about wasting words because words have power they got power y'all so you gotta make sure that first and foremost you prioritize your prayer life Cause you got more screen time on your phone than you got time in your prayer closet. Got to prioritize your prayer life. But then you got to practice precaution. Because the Bible says that the words of the wise do good. And your mama said that if you ain't got nothing good to say, to be quiet. So we got to practice precaution. And last but not least, you got to preserve your principles. Your vocabulary, your words, the, the content of your conversation shouldn't be adapting to the places you're in. Those places should be adapting to you. I'm, I'm talking about when you sitting in the room, somebody ought to check the person next to you because they cussing in front of you. That, that, that's what I'm talking about. Instead of you joining in with the, okay, all right. No words to waste. You got to be careful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for another chance, another opportunity to go into your word so that we can have a greater understanding of the power of our words. God, remind us and help us to remember that the most powerful words we could ever speak is yours. 
God, I'm prioritizing prayer in this moment. And I'm praying for anybody who does not know you as their personal savior. I'm praying that they will make the best decision that they'll ever make in their lives. Now we're prioritizing prayer in this moment. And asking you to send that, that spiritual orphan to the abundant faith family. Now we're prioritizing prayer in this moment. And we're lifting up anyone who needs anything from you. God, we're coming to you just like David did because we understand that going anywhere else is just, it's just a waste of words. God, we're reminded that you're the only God. who can do anything about everything. God, we ask you right now that you would that you would guide our tongues, but that you would do so by the changing of our hearts. Because of what we say is a reflection of how we feel. So now we're asking you to, to change our hearts even now. And that our words will follow. And we're asking that you would do what only you can do. Only you can provide this kind of change. Only you can do it. So God, we pray right now that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength and you are our redeemer. So God, we say thank you. And we love you, we adore you, we magnify you, we exalt you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, real quick, uh, I know I've taken up a lot of your time, um, but real quick, y'all, uh, if you need to give your life to Christ today, if, if you feel like you're experiencing a change in your heart today, what I want you to do is type the word salvation into whatever device you have. You can put it in the comment section. You can text it to the number on your screen, 317-520-1892. And we wanna walk you through the plan of salvation because we don't want you to go another day without securing your space in heaven. In the same way, if the Spirit of God is leading you to the Abundant Faith family, The same way we want you to text the word family. You can text it to the number on your screen. Put it in the comment section. Send us an inbox. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. Go to afccindy.com. You can do it whatever is convenient for you. Send the word family. And we'll get you connected. 
Last but not least, we've got a prayer team on standby even now. That regardless of whether you gave your life to Christ just now, or whether you've been walking with him for years upon years, we've got a prayer team on standby. And if you need someone to pray with you and pray for you, we're ready. Right? A couple of quick announcements and then we'll get out of here. First and foremost, we are still, uh, we are still accepting and searching for participants for our grief support groups. Okay. So if you or someone you know has lost a loved one, they need to be a part of our grief support groups. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I've said this before, but we have options for virtual y'all. So even if they don't live close, we can still get them connected. All right. And if you have experienced the loss of a loved one and you know what that's like and you want to be a support to someone else, please contact us. Uh, all we need you to do is contact Sister Jordan Sanders. Her uh, email address is on the screen, jordan.admin at afccindy.com. Uh, and just let her know that you want to be, be a part. 